You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. Uh, GM's losing their jobs. Pets' heads are falling off. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's pretty old. Yeah. But yeah I, <laughs> no, that's not, why, that's not why Mike McCagney got fired. No, that's okay. No, but it does look like uh, you know it's that time of year where things start shaking up. People start getting new jobs. Uh, so you know, I would say the Cowboys already lost two scouts. Uh, to Oakland, and uh, one that retired, Tom Saskowski. Um, and then uh, I think Jim Abrams and one other longtime Dallas Cowboys yep. scout ended up going to Oakland. And uh, and it looks like that there's some potential that we may lose somebody else to this. I mean, I think Dan Jeremiah's getting, his name getting kicked around, but uh, uh, I think Leon, Leon Lionel Vital, who has been kind of with us for the last, I don't know, two or three years, right, um, as a kind of a late addition personnel guy who, who's just been a long-time high-level executive for the Cowboys. He's been knocked around. So there's stuff going around. There's, there's, there's you know, even though this is the offseason, we're still, we, we still feels like the churn is still happening where teams are still trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, and, and that may cascade its way down to the Cowboys. But that's not what we're talking about today. We, we're talking about more exciting things like quarterbacks. Yeah, well, I, I think you kind of had an interesting point there. Do you think there's a chance that, like, Will McClay would get an interview with the the Jets? I mean, we know we've, he's taken interviews before. Is that something that would be maybe interesting to him? I don't think so. I, I, I mean, I think at this point he's pretty clearly not interested in other jobs. I mean, I think uh, – I don't know – I, I would say that maybe after next year, that might be a, a something to keep in mind. I, I, I'm interested because I just don't know any personal information, but I'm pretty sure that he's got a son who's got like one he's more year da- of high school. He's got a daughter. I think he's got a daughter that's in high school. Okay, that's what it is. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think that I, I have heard that I think that like, you know, none of that's probably even going to get considered until after they're out of school. So, uh, and, you know, and uh, look, I mean, obviously any one of these jobs – Will could be uh, uh, a candidate for, you know. I I I honestly God believe well, that I he think likes when he this turned job. Down the Houston and, uh, job and I, where you know, most of his family was from, I think that was a pretty good indication that he didn't want to leave anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, he has a level of autonomy here that I mean, maybe he does. Maybe he likes the right. level he's at. I mean, I think it's a unique situation. Yeah, he doesn't get all the quote unquote credit, but you know. Uh, sure. He gets a lot of credit, and and I, I don't I don't think that you know people don't know who he is, especially in Dallas. Um, I think that I I, I I I just think that that whole the whole thing about you know every single job popping up, can Will McClay go and leave? Uh, you know, look, I think the Cowboys are a pretty attractive team to look for look to play with. It's, you know, the Jones family treats their folks really well. 
I mean, you can say what you will about the Joneses, but they, they treat their folks really well and they are loyal. Uh, so I just I think there's a lot of side perks of being the, the you know, well, de facto GM as opposed to the real GM. The, the best on, on part team. is if you make a great pick, you get all the credit for it. If you make a bad pick, it's Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones fault. So that's. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah. Or Jason Garrett. Or Jason I mean, I'll Garrett blame anybody. So, you know? yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, I think exactly. Will's in a, a good spot. So, uh, just something to keep an eye on for the next yeah. couple of years. But um, today we are not going to be talking about front office moves. We are going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks entering the 2019 season. And I got to say, it's a it's an interesting group. Uh, we're going to have probably like very likely the same three quarterbacks this year as we had last year going into the season. Um, and let's go ahead and start with Dak Prescott. Uh, we now have three years of data. I don't want to get into the conversation about whether or not the Cowboys should pay Dak because I think both you and I both agree that it's going to get done probably pretty soon, right? So it's kind of... It's not, a con- right. it's not it, even a conversation. I don't want to have that conversation. It's, it's, it's it, getting done. We'll it's see what the numbers yeah. come in at. My guess is it'll be close to $30 million. Any guess for you? Uh, sure, sure, sure. That sounds I don't, good. It, it $30 doesn't, million, I'll- yeah. No, I mean, I think that's it. I, the, 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 to me, like, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't matter. Like, the, the people that are, that are really, like, banting about the, the number or, or whatever, like, dude, within three months of It'll signing like this deal, sure. it's already going to be a deal. Like, as soon as he signs, it'll be a bargain. Look, I mean, he's not signing for, you know, everyone's throwing around Russell, Russell Williams' number. Russell Williams is getting $35 yeah. million dollars a year. Dak's not getting $35 right. million dollars a year. Aaron Rodgers, like, you know, if, if you talk about his, his uh, uh, you know, breaking down average per year, he signed his deal how many years ago? Like three sure. or four years ago? And he's still barely, he's still making $28 million. And that's a four-year-old right. deal. Like, guys, these deals, the, the, the way the, the, the cap is going up, the way that the, everything is expanding, as soon as these guys sign these, as soon as these guys sign these deals, it is a bargain. Yes. Like, that's, that's the end of the, the, the only conversation is, is this guy who could be a potential quarterback, a potential franchise quarterback? If the answer is yes, and he is up for a contract, then you pay him market value, and as soon as you pay it, it will turn around and become a value because the next guy's going to do the same thing all the way up into I think chaos will reign when Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. signs his contract. So as long as the Cowboys signs signed it before Patrick Mahomes, everyone just needs um, to take a breath. Like it's happening. It's, yeah, it's this amount yeah. of money. They figured this out. They planned it out. You don't need to worry. So about I don't it. really want to make this a conversation about whether or not the Cowboys should should pay Dak or shouldn't pay Dak. But I because we've seen yeah. it on Twitter the last several days um but there there was an interesting <laughs> point that i want to just kind of discuss really quickly with you uh justice mosqueda a, a friend of the show uh posted i don't know if you even saw this but he posted this tweet about uh why the cowboys should pay Dak, and basically it's looking forward into the future let's say you're looking at the 2021 season he was basically making the argument that it's very likely that five or six of the top ten quarterbacks in the league will all be gone by that time, and all of a sudden Dak and some of those quarterbacks that are right around that, you know, somewhere between the ten and fifteen tier, are all going to move up dramatically because you're looking at guys like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. All those guys are probably going to be gone here in the next what two, three, four years. And the NFL has not done a great job replacing the, the elite talent. I mean, even some of the guys that we've come in 
over the last couple of years, like 2015 with Jameis and Mariota, those guys had not lived up to be franchise quarterbacks. Andrew Luck has been banged up, and he was from 2012. Uh, 2016, you didn't get really a, you know, a franchise-changing quarterback in that draft. So if you sign Dak now to a deal that puts him as like the 10th or 12th you know, highest-paid quarterback in the league, by 2021, uh, you could see that become a massive, massive value. So just any kind of real quick thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at what is and what is not working in the NFL as far as quarterbacks go, I think most people that are, are, you know, in the running for Super Bowl or in the running for playoff runs or in the running for being a good team, they have their quarterback yeah. and they've had it for a while. Like, I mean, you talk about, you know, the there are – there are exceptions, and the Cowboys are one of them, and so are the Eagles. They have a young quarterback who has, and, and they've had some success. But you know, and the Rams, I think, also fall into that category. But I think you look at, you know, obviously the Patriots. Uh, I mean, all, like you said, a lot of these teams have these older quarterbacks. That generation of quarterbacks is all about to retire, and and you know, at the very least, you've got a quarterback who has won thirty-two regular season games in three years. And um, and you can have a whole conversation about what a thirty million dollar quarterback should or shouldn't be able to do, or you know, and and and, and listen, I list, I just listened to this morning uh, Charles Robinson on the, the Yahoo podcast talk about how you shouldn't sign either Cooper or Dak Prescott because you're not sure of what you want. Uh, if you want Jason Garrett or not, I know. And I so want Jason you Garrett. don't want to pigeonhole the next. <laughs> what? What? Well, I mean, even but but even what if team you doesn't don't want Cooper like, besides the Raiders. I, what? What? Dude, I mean, beyond all that, like, uh, if you're a good enough coach that I'm letting you pick your quarterback, you should be so good enough right. that you can take Dak. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I I, I, he, I feel like Dak is a better quarterback oh, than Jerry. Goff. I 100 percent agree. You know, I I. I, I and I think Sean McVay walked in there and knowing that he could take had to take the job with 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 Jared Goff on there. It, it, look, this whole thing about whether or not you should be pay Dak Prescott. There's a lot of different ways to look at it through numbers, but dude, this is a guy. You know, they want to call him a, a, a bus driver or a, a, a bus driver plus. Bus driver pluses don't like lead comebacks. Sure. You know, like I mean, look how many comeback wins and and, 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 the, and the things where times where he the moments where the team needed him and he put it on his back. He didn't just get the job done. He didn't just take what was given. Sure. He took it. Like it, you know, bus drivers don't take it. All right. And Dak Prescott at different times in this uh, his career has won games. Uh, on uh, you know by his sheer will at times so you know i i think this whole idea of not paying him I, what i don't even care like like seriously like the way the, the the way the the salary cap is now the way it's accelerated the way these guys have honed the art of fitting these you know rosters together with 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 the numbers and, and the way that the contracts are laid out it's 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 not even really a concern for me. I, I think that, like I said, the the, the contract will be a deal uh, as soon as you sign it. And beyond that, you know, what else is out, better mm-hmm. out there? No one seems to be drafting quarterbacks no. well. You know, I mean, everyone wants to get excited about Kyler Murray or get excited. It's the same way they got excited about Josh Rosen last year. And now he's being traded. So, you know, look, 
Like, you know, guys like Mariota and, and Justin and Winston, are, are those guys no, any better absolutely. than Dak? Like, they got sure. picked one and two a couple years ago. So I, I did not see Justice's tweet, but, yeah, I 100% believe it. Like, once the, this old generation, this older generation of, of quarterback retires, uh, then it uh, becomes, you know, the generation of Dak Wentz, Goff, and, and you know, like whoever Dak else steps up. Three Luck, I guess, really is probably, the, you know. I exactly, exactly, and, and look, and if you want proof that Dak can do this at a high level, I, I keep reminding people this, but but no one seems to remember this. Dak led his team to the number one overall ranking right. in college with nobody on his offense. Right, nobody. Right. You know, <laughs> he could say, say that name Wilson, again. It was really, really, <laughs> no, really slow. Nobody. <laughs> so. He, you know, he he had a number one team in the in the country, basically by his own talent. So this is a guy who can do things. Uh, has he had talent around him, basically the whole time he's done this? Yes. Is that helped him? Yes. But that doesn't mean that he couldn't do it on his own or that he doesn't have. Just the talent. really quickly to Justice's point, I'm going to read some of the ages of some of the quarterbacks uh, for the 2019 season. Tom Brady, 42. Drew Brees, 40. Philip Rivers, 38. Ben Roethlisberger, 37. Aaron Rodgers, 36. Matt Ryan, 35. I mean, that's, that's a lot of your top-end talent that's getting way, way up there in age. And like I said, by 2021, all of those guys could be gone. Like, I don't think it's completely unrealistic to think Aaron Rodgers, who has already slumped and missed a lot of games over the last three years, is out of the league by the end of the 21 season, 2021 season. I think that's entirely possible. Um, really, really quickly... Uh, I'm going to kind of spoil a big article that I'm working on, but I, I, I just wanted your kind of thoughts on this really quickly. Uh, so one article that I work on every offseason, it's more of a fun piece for me, but I, I redraft the entire NFL, ranking players by if you, if, if you had to start a franchise, how would you pick these guys? Um, and I started to go through my list and make up the ranks, and I got to pick six and seven and it was hard to make a case for anybody but Dak. You know, after Mahomes and maybe Mayfield and Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, there's not many quarterbacks that you would rather have over Dak Prescott, and that's part of the reason why I have no problem at all with the Cowboys paying Prescott. I think the issue with both Dak and Zeke, to be honest, is that their value, a large portion of their value, lies in an area that is difficult to yes. measure. You know, like, I think the thing that you can say about Zeke and Dak is that they are insanely reliable. You know, I mean, I mean, Dak admittedly at times has had up and down problems with accuracy and some of that he stuff. He doesn't miss games. But I, I think at the he doesn't miss games. He, he plays. He ends up, he, even if he starts out bad, he'll end, he'll end strong. And he'll finish the game strong. So he'll at least have an even, you know, a solid game. And it's like Zeke. Zeke I mean, Zeke is the, the, the model of consistency. And there's something, there's something valuable there, you know. I think that there is something to having, you know, a level of reliability for that. And so, uh, you know, it's hard to measure that when you especially talk about, you know, the the general un. un tethered uh, ceiling of, of someone like Aaron Rodgers who when healthy that key when key, key right. phrase when healthy is 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 you know uh, uh, can make all the skies turn with the ball that he throws I mean but the, but the problem the thing is is that Dak is actually healthy like Dak actually makes it to the game and, and is in the game and plays healthy and the same with Zeke I think that there's something to that and the one more thing about that before we go to, on on to something else 
I think that the other thing that's not accounted for too is his legs are very valuable as he uses them. He they may he's not a you know Cam Newton necessarily where you know you are featuring his you could be featuring his running or or you know Lamar Jackson I'm assuming more where you know he's he's a he's a threat with the ball necessarily like a threat threat but what he does do well is that he uses his feet and his body to convert third downs to to be an, a real threat a different kind of threat than we've ever seen before in the red zone as a quarterback uh, and I think that those are things that um, you know that the Cowboys are just now starting to leverage well I think that last year was uh, you know I mean he's had six rushing touchdowns each of the last three years. Um, but I think that as the last two, three years have uh, progressed, they've moved from being a Dak throwing a, a jump ball to Z, uh, to, to Dez, which was, you know, he was never his strong suit anyways, uh, to more of a, let's spread these teams out and see if we can make them pick their poison with Dak and Zeke. Uh, and it, it, it's, it hasn't quite gotten where it needs to be yet. And I'm hoping even still, even for even more of a step forward with that. Uh, but I think that once we, they find that perfect balance within Dak's game, uh, it, it's really going to unlock something. You mentioned value. about how Dak kind of starts out slow and finishes strong at the end of the games. You hit the nail right on the head. As you were talking, I kind of just researched that. Uh, his passer rating in the first quarter of games, 91. At the end of the game's fourth quarter, uh, passer rating of 99. Since 2016, here are the quarterbacks with a higher fourth quarter passer rating than Dak Prescott. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck. That's it. So you are getting, in the fourth quarter, you are getting elite, elite quarterback play. And that's what makes Dak Prescott so special, is it can look ugly for the first half. There can be guys on Twitter like me criticizing throw after throw in the first quarter or so. But by the fourth quarter, when it's time for him to make a play with either his arm or his legs, and the, the coverage is, or the protection's breaking down, Prescott just finds a way to make plays. So uh, I think going into to year four, we're feeling significantly better than we did at this time last year. I think you feel more comfortable about what kind of player Dak is. Uh, and you feel pretty good that as long as he's healthy and the offensive line's holding up, they should be fine at quarterback. I want to talk more about the backup quarterbacks today. Uh, yesterday, I went back and watched all of Cooper Rush's throws from the preseason. Wasn't mm. great. Uh, definitely took a step backwards in his second year in the league. Uh, what are you kind of expecting from Cooper Rush this season? Well, I'm expecting a big step forward. I mean, I, I look, I, I'm a believer that, especially with some of these other guys, like a guy like Cooper Rush, it, you know, we have this expectation that progression is linear, you know, and it's, that it, it's, it's mad and ruined. It's every, always, every, time, every year goes by, your player goes up in rate. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's not necessarily true, and especially a quarterback, you know. And and I think that there's something to hear with Dak as well, because, you know, I think that just to kind of let me let me let me rewind. Just a couple of days ago, they interviewed John Kidna, and they were talking about how being really good can be the enemy of being elite, right? And 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 the what he the way he unpacked it was that when you're really good at something. It's hard for you to feel like you need to work on it or to change it, right? It, 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 and, and if you want to be elite, you have to do something different than just being really good, right? right? 
and I think this is a, a good lesson for the Cowboys to a certain degree too, um, is that, you, you know, it, that's why being elite is difficult is because once you get really good, it's like you want to change just enough to make to take it to that next step without, you know, undoing all of what you've done and thereby making yourself not even good anymore, right? Um, it, you don't want to break your whole... You know, masterpiece by trying to readjust something upstream a little bit, and I think that with quarterbacks, it's it's a lot like that. I mean, you think about C- Cooper Rush's progression as a player. He's a four-year starter, small school. He, uh, I mean, not that small, but I mean, definitely not you know SEC right. or, or Power Five, and and you know. He, he's had a lot of success. I mean, I mean, you know, relatively speaking, as a player, like I said, starting four years at a college program is, is pretty good. Um, and he comes to the NFL um, and has has some success early on. Uh, impresses with uh, you know with with his ability to pick up the offense quickly and basically you know put Kellen Moore into coaching. Um, I, I think that you know him. The whole time he's in college, you know, you're you're the starting quarterback. You're not getting told that you need to change everything, you need to readjust everything, you need to you know uh, fix this and this and that because you're winning. You're you're doing well and you're the best player on the team. You're, you may be the best player in your division, and so like no one's doing a lot of you know redoing of your footwork or process. Now that he's been in the NFL year, I think you know they you, know, you look at what you need to change, and this becomes your job full time. And how am I fully? How am I taking that next step? He may have to do some of that. What we talked about, the kind of breaking what was working in order to kind of take. That that next step, and I and I think you saw a little bit of that with Mike White mm-hmm. last year too. I think what you saw was Mike White standing in the pocket because he was frozen because his brain was trying to get through too much information. And you know, I, I work in IT. I see what happens when computers get too many <laughs> commands at once, and then suddenly they all happen at once. You know, that's 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 what it is. Is that it's like your computer freezes for a second, and then suddenly you know. But unfortunately, the the happens after he gets sacked. You know, and 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 after the the, the play is over. So the hope is that Mike White learns to get through all that information a lot quicker, you know? And, I mean, I, I think he will. I think this is a natural progression for quarterbacks. But the point is is that at quarterback more than any other position in, in the NFL, and, and wide receiver may be the second position here, re- regression may be part of the process, you know, may be part of the overall prog- progression of the player, it's 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 the process of I gotta st- okay I gotta change this about about me, but the process of changing it and and working on it it's gonna be ugly for a little while, um, but but at the end of it once I've I've ma- I've mastered it the way I mastered the other one my play is gonna be even more elite, and and that's where I'm hoping you know Cooper Rush is is that you know this is a guy like I said has no reason to change his style or his, his technique for, for years and years and years, gets to the NFL, maybe they want him to change a lot now, and he's having to kind of suffer through that while also trying to earn now, a job. you touched on Mike best. White a little bit. Um, we'll get to him in a second. But my question for you is this. Is it Should the Cowboys be looking to get somebody who stylistically kind of plays similar to Dak Prescott in case he goes down so they don't have to change their entire offense? Or are they just looking for the best quarterbacks – that they can find and they can hope maybe they can adapt their scheme a little bit uh, to the player. You know, I, I think that the idea 
you know, ultimately what you're trying to do is not have to change the offense too much by putting the quarterback in while still obviously making the quarterback comfortable. I think you could still have enough of a robust offense in the way that the, you know, the pl- the players are set up in this offense that you could just strip away some of the Dak specific things in the offense and play with a traditional quarterback uh, and, and still thrive in this offense. I mean, I, I think that is probably... I think that was is a much more likely uh, scenario for success than maybe the opposite mixture of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, where is it a more athletic guy, but he can't function in the pocket as a passer? I think it's more important in this offense if you're going to pick up the slack while Dak's gone to be someone who can operate as an in the pocket passer than say someone who needs to operate outside of the pocket or run the ball or you know be a red zone threat. Um, Let's touch on Mike White before we go. Uh, he has a massive arm, but we talked about his some of um, lack of escapability. Uh, that's obviously a problem when you're processing slow as well, like you mentioned. Um, but I thought there was things to really like last year when we saw him in, in preseason. I, I thought he got better as the preseason went along. Uh, what are you just kind of expecting from him this year? Well, like I you know, kind of mentioned before, I'm hoping for a little bit more of that kind of untangling of stuff in his head faster. I mean... Just getting through the information quicker, getting through his progressions, you know, relaxing, being able to relax and, and play the game and, and not, you know, he's oh, just yeah, thinking, 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 sacked, you know. And, and so just, to, you know, and, and when you watch it in training camp, it's like, right. throw it, right. throw it. Well, his offensive line, might be, his offensive line might be better this year in preseason, so maybe he'll have a little bit more time. Yeah, no, I well, that's but I'm not even see. Okay, this that's a good point, but I'm not You're even talking about, talking like, about training that. camp. I'm talking about a, I'm talking yes, about right. skeleton. I'm talking about sure, like sure. seven on seven. Like he can't make a decision on. I think somebody said he ran on a seven you know, like, on seven last year. <laughs> he did. He uh, dude. He threw the ball away a couple times. I saw it. Like I mean, I'm like, what are you like? What are you doing? Like so, you know, it's it's and again, like, dude, like why? Why would you do that unless you're just utterly confused, you know? And I think that's what it is, is that he's just like, it's so much and he's getting, he's not just playing football anymore, you know? It, it, he's he's thinking about all his protections and, and what he's supposed to be thinking about, where his eyes are supposed to be and oh, is the safety looking, he's, you know, it's like, that's all stuff. It's none of it was second nature for him yet. And that's that's what you hope is that a year, an off season of practicing, of doing this, of running it over and over again, getting in the in the VR room, and running right. with the VR headsets and running the plays over and over and over again. It's like just getting used to doing all the the processes that your, a quarterback has to do in the in the process of a snap, uh, without you know losing track of the main 10,000 foot goal of hey I need to get rid of this football to one of my teammates you know and, and I think that's that's where we're going to see where the next step is is just how quickly is he getting the information into his head and then doing something with it on the field irregardless of pass rush and all that so just just like ingesting information and then reacting As you were to talking, I was just envisioning Mike White like in drills, like a warm-up drill with against no defense, just against air, throwing the ball away. Uh, <laughs> it was Pat and Go. He, he's like, you can't even decide I, where I, to throw it. I would be so curious to see what a coach said if, if that happened in practice. I, I, I would love that. Uh, we need hard knocks. 
<laughs> well, I'll tell you what. At, at training camp, you hear some choice choice language, so I'm sure that some of that would right, be at that point. Uh, really quickly, is there any chance Mike White takes over the backup job behind Cooper Rush this season, or is Cooper Rush pretty much locked into that role? No, I wouldn't say that Cooper Rush is even – I wouldn't say that either one of these guys is locked in that role at all. I mean, there's always the opportunity that they could bring in another guy, you know, or you know, trade for a guy or, or sign another guy if they don't like it. You know, I, I think with – with Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator, maybe he doesn't like any either of these two guys. <laughs> maybe he may hate Cooper Rush sure. for forcing him into into coaching, and he he may, he may not like Mike White's style. So I don't. I mean, I think that there is always a chance that there there's they're they're always going to be competing against you know everyone else in the NFL as well, and you know against other teams that that may have a right. four, third right. or fourth quarterback that they that they you know. But I also think that on top of that, yeah, I think that there's a chance that Mike White. Could take the job if he takes a step. I mean, I, I, we liked the tools that he had coming in. I think you know, the problem we had is is that he had is that he had got all this information, all this coaching, uh, and it, it was too, it's too much for him right away. And I think if he can work his way through it, and we can get back to something similar to what we saw in college, uh, I mean, I, that's very that's a, that's a preferable situation. And I think that that's something that you. I think if you were to look at Cooper Rush's college tape and then you know Mike White's college tape, and you were to say, okay, which one of these two ceilings would you White. prefer? I think you would right. prefer you would prefer Mike White by quite a bit. So I think that's if these guys are working hard and they're both you know hitting their their optimal you know selves, uh, then I think there's a chance Mike White is. Mike White's opt- ultimate version is better than yeah. You know, I'm, Cooper I'm really ultimate. excited for training camp because I'm curious to see how much quicker white process things if at all so uh should be a, a fun little camp battle between rush and white uh that is it for today's show thank you guys for tuning in make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts follow landon at McCoolBCB. you can follow the show at locked on cowboys and of course i'm at marcus underscore Mosier. and we will see you guys next time <laughs>